No BS Nutrition got proposed to with a ring pop, and we're not mad about it. This is a one-hour food fight against diet culture and its fake science messages. Instead, we're passionate about celebrating real wellness. I'm registered dietitian Hannah McGee. And I'm neuroscience PhD student Tarek Youssef, and this is No BS Nutrition. OBS Nutrition Podcast. Hello. Happy end of July. Hi, everybody. Hi, Copy. Um, I do want to just quickly off the top give a shout out to uh, listeners of the pod will know Skinny Jab Jess. Uh, <laughs> Hannah, uh, you'll be excited to learn that Skinny Jab Jess was my secret lotion admirer. And what that means for oh, everybody listening is no that... Way. Uh, I got an unmarked box of lotion delivered to my apartment, which was out out of context was very strange. But um, it was from dear friend of the pod, Skinny Jab Jess. And uh, yeah, she sent me some lotions because, you know, I do... um, I do suffer from a a disease called lizard skin, which in other clinical circles might be called psoriasis. Um, But yeah, so it's been working great. Um, that and is Jess, amazing. I'll give you Skinny Jeff Jess. Wow. We, I'm so happy to finally learn who the secret lotion admirer is because <laughs> yeah. Tarek texted me this week and he was like, did you send me lotion? Did you send me a package of lotion? <laughs> because I was thinking like, who do I talk to about my skin? Yeah. <laughs> and it just was like an unmarked like package, had no name on it. Like it was for no, you, no, but it, yeah. no like. No address. Yeah. yeah. So funny. Well, I'm glad we figured that out. I also wanted to just shout out our latest reviewer. We'll, oh, we're yeah. going to read a listener review. So, Andrea Power, thank you so much for Love leaving her. us a five-star five rating and a review. She says, highly Andrea. recommend. I love this podcast. It feels like having a conversation with friends about nutrition and diet culture. It is filled with facts, myth-busting, and also lots of laughs. I look forward to every episode. We love you, Andrea. Oh Thank my gosh. you, Andrea. Um, that That's is so like nice. the ultimate goal of this podcast. Yeah, like absolutely. Facts, myth busting, and lots of laughs. So I'm so glad that yeah. we hit the nail on the head with that one. For you Andrea. can't see this, Andrea, because but we are dancing over FaceTime. Seriously, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Aside from any other updates, do you have any other general updates we should tell everybody about before we do a deep dive? I don't think so. Um, I'm going on vacation tomorrow. <gasps> So, Ooh, me too. Where yeah, are you going? I'm going to PEI with my oh, family. Cool. We're renting a cottage for a weekend, Pat. But funny enough, two of my, actually three of my good friends are all going to be there at the same time. Two of them oh, for so like nice. the exact same amount of time, like for a full week. And it's funny, we were talking today, trying to like make some plans. And one of them was like, you know what? Like if we had tried to actually plan this... And like it would have never never worked out, like just because of all our crazy schedules and stuff like that. But somehow it just like worked out that all of us are going to be there the same week in like generally the same place. And we're going to spend some time together. I love that. I don't know if I should even say this because it it doesn't like reflect well on me. But I don't know. I I, I am usually a very organized person. You really usually are. 
<laughs> we're going Usually. away. Hannah knows the story. I know. I'm just tired. I don't know. It's it's COVID. It's, been, it's um, 2020 has been rough. So yeah. Yeah. Seriously, um, we're going away this weekend. Not far, but we're just going to a little cottage, and um, there's no Wi-Fi. It's like we thought we'd really relax. And of course, it's the same weekend that I have a conference, oh a virtual God. And conference. no Wi-Fi. Like that is just like. Yeah. So I'm going to have to like commute throughout what I'm using air quotes now for is our vacation. vacation. Because I'm going to be working half the time. So do you have to like anyway. commute home? I guess. I mean, that's yeah. one of my options. And Thomas is yeah. going to stay like. <laughs> anyways i don't I want to know. rub this in anymore um anyways anyways it's I funny do think, um, oh go ahead no i no i want to hear what you have to no, say no i was just I'm gonna say my dad um when he was booking this cottage for my family in pei he asked me he was like are you okay without wi-fi or like do you need wi-fi at the cottage when he was looking right. at airbnbs and i was like for a second i like contemplated no wi-fi because you know it would just be a good way to like unplug sure yeah and and then I was like, no, like, you know what, I, I need Wi-Fi. And I'm so glad that I said that because, of course, like, I don't know. There's just always things that come up and working for yourself. There's <laughs> like always things you have to do. Example. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, like a conference or anything. So I'm, anyways, I'm glad that I did. But I almost, like, went with the no Wi-Fi thing. And, yeah. yeah. It was definitely a choice on my behalf. Yeah. Well. A bad one. A better choice for everybody else is to hear your BS of the week. Yeah. Okay. I'm so excited. So this is not really a BS of the week. It's, I'm going to tell you guys about a product and then I'm going to read you some really funny, some, something really funny about it. And honestly, Tarek, you might have already seen this. Um, okay. I'm going to talk about sugar-free candy. Specifically, okay. I'm going to talk about the, is it Haribo or Haribo? Haribo. Uh- Please sponsor us. Okay. Where is this going? <laughs> um, I I am a Haribo I know. Like, die hard okay. and hardcore. <gasps> I know Where you are. Going? But did you know that they have sugar free gummies? No. Do you know anything about sugar free Because I don't buy those ones. <laughs> yeah, right. But do you know anything about sugar free <laughs> oh, candy? A little bit. Tell me what you what what do you know? I um a little so the I think particularly the gummies or maybe even some of the sugar-free chocolates, it's like um, alcohol-based sugar derivatives. So sugar alcohols. Sugar alcohol that's like, um, it can also act as a, a, what's the word? Like it gives you diarrhea. A laxative. Yeah. Yes. So let me tell you guys about sugar alcohols. So sugar alcohols are found... In like they they are found naturally in certain foods like certain fruits and vegetables, but they're also okay. added to sugar free foods in place of like sucrose or traditional sugar or other artificial sweeteners like aspartame or sucralose. So, I guess like what's maybe attractive about sugar alcohols is that they have like half the calories of regular sugar compared to regular sugar or okay. sucrose, and then they they're not like they're not the zero calorie sweeteners like aspartame and things like that that people sometimes don't feel great about there's like a weird stigma about those exactly yeah we should address that actually in an episode yeah we should uh, because i'd love to learn more because some of the research is like a bit controversial not controversial but there are like contradicting beliefs people go back and forth Yeah. Yeah, yeah so 
and and a lot of these sugar alcohols are often found in like foods or products that are marketed to people with diabetes because they don't affect blood sugar levels as much as oh that's what i was gonna ask regular sugar they're like low on the glycemic index yeah that or they're just because they have less sugar they would like obviously affect your blood sugar less so they can be found in things like candy, like you said, chocolate, desserts, gum even. Lots of gums have um, sugar alcohols in them, but not necessarily that much. Um, certain baked goods, frozen foods, things like that. And in addition to just sweetening, they add they can be used to add bulk and help certain foods stay moist, which is something that I didn't know, actually. Oh, interesting. I'm sorry if you hate that word. I don't. I, I don't hate it either. I like moist, moist, moist. It doesn't bother me. Um, <laughs> anyways, so sugar alcohols, alcohols have one major default, which you have mentioned. They, they can have a laxative effect. So there's actually a position paper from the Journal of, of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics that does confirm that consuming more than 30 grams of any sugar alcohol, so certain ones are like xylitol, malitol, isomalt. So if you have 30 grams or more of any of these, they can result in certain unpleasant digestive effects. So can you tell me like, is that, is 30 grams a reasonable, like is that a lot? Like would that be more than one bag of gummies, for example? That's actually a good question. Let me look at, I had, um, I'm sorry. That's like just off the top of my head. I was just curious. I actually don't even know that if, might it, be would, an unfair if it would tell you I don't know. I'll have to look into that. I I don't know the answer. But um, I think you, I don't think like if you were to just have like a handful of gummies. Right. You know, like, I don't know, five of them, it would affect you. But if if you were to have like the whole bag or something like that, it might. So for instance. Because I've definitely had a whole bag of those. And I don't know. The sugar free ones? Something. The the sugar free ones. And you have? I didn't. I didn't. I just like bought them or someone gave them to me or something. I wasn't like seeking them out. But. I, I, uh, I, my mouth felt weird after. Well, that's interesting. I don't, I like, don't... I don't know if it was the sugar alcohol. I don't know. But don't that's know. interesting. Okay. Um, okay. I do know that, um, I don't seek them out. Yeah. I do know that the smart sweets, so a lot of smart sweets are really popular right now. They're another like sugar free gummy brand. They don't have sugar alcohols. They have like fibers from things like, tapioca fiber and taste the difference yeah i agree but those so those don't have they have because it's like this added fiber from certain plants that sweetens these smart sweets they don't have like sugar in them and they don't have sugar alcohols they have just like a high fiber content so like a, a serving or like one little bag of smart sweets has like i think it's something like 23 or 26 grams of fiber which is a lot per serving and i know a lot of people have reported like kind of feeling crampy or like digestive upset or things like that (laughs) um or even using them as a way to treat constipation um after (laughs) eating those but okay so i want to talk about let's get back to the sugar alcohols so like i said they can have if you have 30 grams or more they can have some unpleasant effects like increased flatulence watery stools aka diarrhea bowel movement frequency so like the runs, um, rumbling or gurgling noises from your stomach or like from your intestines. That's so uncomfortable and the worst. Um, and it can be different person to person. Like, you know, if someone has like IBS or something like that, you know, it could be a lot worse, um, than, I don't know, someone who doesn't really struggle with any digestive issues. 
So what I wanted to read to you was these <laughs> hilarious <laughs> Amazon reviews of Haribo sugar-free gummy bears. I had no idea Haribo jumped on that sugar-free train. I'm excited yeah, to hear the reviews. They did. So let me just see here. So this is the first review from May 6th, 2020. This is a short one. And the, okay. it, it's titled, Miss Rona is shaking in her boots. <laughs> so it says, my friend hasn't been practicing social distancing during the pandemic. So I bought him a bag of these gummies for his birthday. <laughs> it's now been 10 days since he left the house out of fear of <laughs> pooping himself again. <laughs> I'm not going to say Haribo sugar-free classic gummy bears are the cure for the coronavirus, but it certainly helps slow down the spread. <laughs> That's cute. Here's a longer one. I thought this one was pretty funny. It's like a whole story, but I'm going to read it. Okay. So guys, just I'm listen. Ready. I'm going to try not to laugh too hard. Okay. This one is from Derek, and it says, The horror at 30,000 feet. <laughs> I'm already laughing just thinking about that. So it says, My flight was leaving at 8 in the morning. After awaking and trying to get to the airport, I forgot to grab something to eat. I usually take my time and do things in order, but not this day. I was traveling from Boston to L.A. coming home from a work trip. I do it regularly. Long flight. Mm, I do it regularly, yeah. so nothing was new to me. I stayed in the same hotel and knew the time I needed to leave to get to the airport on time. During my work trip, I stopped at a convenience store and saw these gummy bears and thought that they would be perfect for my son, Charlie. He loves gummy bears and gummy worms. So the morning I was heading back to LA, I slept through my alarm. That never happens. I rushed to get out of the hotel and threw those gummies in my carry-on to make it on time to the airport. After speeding and filling up gas in the rental, I made it to my gate as they were boarding. I get on the plane and head down the aisle to find my window seat near the middle of the plane. I ask politely for the two adorable older ladies sitting in the middle and aisle seats if I could pass by to my seat. They obliged. Mm. The lady mm. in the middle must have been around 80 years old, so it took her some time to get up and make sure she was holding on to something so she didn't fall as she stepped into the aisle. <laughs> I thanked them as I sat and settled into my seat. Fast forward 20 minutes as we reach our cruising altitude <laughs> of around 30,000 feet in the air. As I reach into my carry-on bag to grab my headphones, I see the gummy bears. Oh, I see the gummy bears, period. Since I am hungry and need something, I decided to open them up and have just a few to hold me but over. But his son. Right. His son, <laughs> to hold me over just until we land. I wanted to save some for my son, so I maybe had four or five. But I had oh, okay. four or five too many. Because once the bears had a few minutes to adjust to their new home, they began to work. <laughs> it started out with a little cramp which is normal with gassing on a plane. You don't want to fart on sure. a plane, so you hold it in. It's an airplane etiquette. It would come and go over a few minutes, so I thought nothing of it. Then it got worse. The cramps intensified, the sweating started, and I began to notice the older ladies looking over at me. About 30 <laughs> minutes into eating these bears, my thinking went from, oh, these are just farts, I can hold them, to, oh, dear God, not here. <laughs> <laughs> I have been a Christian my whole life, and this is the no. test. <laughs> if there is a God, please help me leave this plane with my dignity <laughs> intact. After waiting for the intense cramp, cramp wave to pass, I stood up and jumped over those two women. I could not wait for them to stand, so I stood up, my back facing them, and tried to shimmy past them. I think a toot came out because I heard one say, Oh Lord, was that you? No. <laughs> After reaching the aisle, I waddled to the back of the plane where the least amount of risk would be. To my dismay, it was in use. 
that left one bathroom left in the front. I looked down the aisle and saw my Mount Everest. I had to somehow keep my, this is, I'm so sorry, everyone. I had to keep no, my wet cheeks tighter than Fort Knox. No. <laughs> while waddling forward. Why are they wet? Why are they wet? <laughs> like, Praying like he's no one, nervous, like sweaty. Praying no one gets out of their seats. After no. five minutes of stop and go, I made yeah, it to right. the bathroom and was pulling my pants down as I entered the bathroom. The door was still unlocked as the sweet release was underway. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I thought no. I died. I thought this was it. Even though I was on the throne confessing my sins, I thought my time was called. I lost count on how many knocks at the door there was. I must have been in there for 45 minutes, but I made it. Oh, my God. I washed my hands and threw water on my face to calm me down. <laughs> Opening the door, I saw the faces looking back at me. Apparently, the seal to the bathroom was not airtight, letting <gasps> just the slightest airflow from that bathroom oh, to the no. main cabin possible. These were daughters, mothers, and children looking at Stop. me. I could feel their questions and comments. What have you done? We still have two hours left. Please divert this plane. <laughs> As I began walking down, the man in the first row of first class grabbed my arm. He said, hey, man, where's your seat? Confused, I told him, and he said, go get your stuff and come back and sit here. You need this more than me. I was embarrassed and ashamed. I had a family at home waiting for me. <laughs> I, re I recommend these bears to anyone, but please eat them responsibly. <laughs> wow. Well, in that case, you know what? I learned from Derek that it can be more than Apparently, a serving, but less than a bag. Yeah, five gummy bears. We'll do it. Here's just a couple other short ones because that one was long. But this one says, I weighed 189 pounds before I ate these. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a skeleton. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, what else? Yeah, That's so those, that one was pretty funny. Anyways, I just thought I would share that. Not really a BS of the week. I love um, that. That is really wonderful. But it brought up anything. It, we did, interesting you know, information learn about, about sugar alcohols you taught exactly. us, which I really appreciate. And maybe we can have that as a, a larger conversation later on. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it, it, a lot of times we see things like candy or whatever it is, and we see sugar-free, and we're like, oh, interesting, great. But, you know, and I, sometimes there are on the labels, like beware, like sugar alcohols can cause a laxative effect. Sometimes there are on the packaging. Like on Halo Top, don't, doesn't, don't they oh, write is it, it on there? Maybe. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Because um, isn't there like this whole like cultural, it was like a cultural reset when Halo Top came out. Everyone was like, I don't, I like eat a thing of Halo Top and then I go use the washer. Oh, really? Kinda I like didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely similar. Um, so yeah, just be, I guess that just is encouragement to be curious of, you know, what ingredients are in these sugar-free products or these fat-free products or things that might be marketed as, I don't know, a healthier option that may, you know, you may experience some negative side effects from. I mean, what it's something that we talked about before, Hannah, and that this reminds me of is, um, you know, whether or not these things that are sometimes advertised as healthier options lead to um, excessive uh, overconsumption, um, whereas yeah. normally someone might not have more than one or two servings right. of something they think, oh, this uh, this can't be bad for me at all, what, yeah. whatever bad or good means, you know what I mean. Um, so I'm going to overconsume without worry. Um, and that's kind of like a larger conversation that we've had before about a couple other things, but I think is probably pertinent in this case too, with these sugar-free candies. That leads 
really well into the main topic. So yeah, yeah, that we want yeah. to talk Good about. Good BS of today. the week. Good choice. Thank it, it you. Really well. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. It's a great segue. Um, yeah. So today, uh, as you can probably tell from the title of this episode, maybe not. Um, <laughs> we want to talk about something called the health halo effect. <laughs> That's what it always makes yeah. me think of. By definition, the health halo effect is like the perception that a particular food is good for you. Even, well, there's actually a few definitions, I feel like. One is that yeah, like there's so the too. perception that a particular food is good for you, even when there's little or no evidence to confirm that it's true. Or like the use of certain buzzwords, like say sugar-free or something like that, um, that leads you to believe um, that something is good for you when it may not necessarily be or leads you to like you said like over consume something that you know you wouldn't otherwise but just because I think it has overall this label... there's like go ahead yeah there's like this underlying like you're saying label exactly like there's this overall uh, theme with the health halo effect of there being like kind of a marketing or a pr angle on yeah. these foods somehow yeah i agree and i think i don't know about how Maybe we should talk about this, how you envision this episode. But like I have listed a bunch of examples that we can get into. Um, this feels like an old school episode. I know. Because we haven't done one of these in a while. I kind of love them. Where, Me too. So usually in the old in olden days, <laughs> Hannah will we'll come up with the topic and then Hannah will go away, do her own research. I'll go away, do my own research. And then we kind of surprise each other yeah, with on the podcast with what we have yeah. to say. Um, so I don't know if this is going to keep it in, but I, I actually focused, if they're going to make it into the episode, but I focused on one food in particular. Uh, I focused on coconut oil. Okay. So I'm putting up my finger here before, um, I'll let you, obviously I will let you talk about that. This is our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I am not a dictator. Um, no, I thought your thing should go first. Anyway, I do I know just going to give an to. overview. Yeah. yeah, I do just want to give a little overview. I mean, I gave a short definition, but I want to go a little bit deeper into that just to give you guys totally. a better understanding of what a health, what the health halo effect is. So the term health halo, that's kind of hard to say repeatedly, is basically like the characterization of like a situation where a particular food is thought to be quote unquote healthy. So people will happily, you know, purchase or eat this food with the belief that'll be that it will be good for them or that they can even eat more of it because it's quote unquote healthy. In reality, there's there may not be any, you know, real evidence to back up that this food is healthy. And I also want to say, so like you said, there there's a there is like a PR and marketing aspect that comes into it. And sometimes it is deliberate and sometimes I feel like it isn't deliberate deliberate or like with any sort of malicious intent or intent to deceive. Okay. Like it's, I don't know, sometimes it is, I feel like, but then other times it isn't. I guess we'll talk about it a little bit more with some examples, but it oftentimes is a misconception because I think as a society, we have certain perceptions about certain foods and, you know, whether or not they're quote unquote healthy. And we have this increasing tendency to buy this stuff um, that as a society, we've, you know, believed to be healthy. And so that's kind of what, to me, is like dubbed as the health halo effect. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, sometimes it's marketing. Sometimes it's just our perception as a society that like by Health Canada guidelines, like this is labeled as low fat, but like. So it must be an overall healthy food. Right. And that's, that's not, to me, that's not necessarily yeah. marketing. But then there's sometimes sure, sure. like in a commercial where they're like, all natural, blah, blah, blah. Like that. Could be a little deceiving. Right. So totally. 
I think there are many foods and food products on the market these days. And, and I also think that the health and wellness and nutrition world like continues to progress and, and people continue to like want to make healthy choices or healthy changes. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that brands and food products companies try to keep up with the trends and what people are talking about and what people are looking for and then nutrition research is also always changing as we know and and that can be hard to keep up with and it takes a really long time to get like a robust body of evidence to you know support a certain claim or disprove a certain food Mm -hmm. and its benefits or whatever so what we're often left with is products that are trying to appeal with what people you know, are looking for right now that may not, like we said, have enough evidence behind it because it takes so long or because it's really a bogus product, one or the other, mm-hmm. um, to back them up. So I have an example, and then I also have another list of examples that we'll go through, but say you see a certain product and it contains like added probiotics. Like probiotics for the last few years have been huge and and I've seen like probiotic chips and like probiotic granola bars and things like that so probiotics are a big buzzword and you know even lots of people even dietitians talk about probiotics so people just think like oh this product has probiotics added to it it must be healthy and worth buying right or like it these this bag of chips it must be okay they're also sometimes like prescribed by physicians like probiotics yeah yeah i wouldn't say necessarily probiotic chips no, no, sorry, yeah, not yeah. chips. <laughs> like supplements. But like supplements. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Some, yeah, 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 yeah. In some then, cases, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, but that's what I mean. So people, there are like physicians prescribing people to take a probiotic supplement or a dietitian or something like that. And then, so people see these like probiotic tortilla chips and they're like, oh, they must be healthy. I can eat this whole bag and kind of a lot of times negate any sort of hunger or fullness cues or anything like that because they're quote unquote healthy. And I don't think it's, it's not that simple. If probiotics, so just probiotics, for example, a lot of probiotic strains don't survive at room temperature. So like if probiotics are in a granola bar, added to a granola bar or a protein powder that sits on the shelf, like how active are those um, like cultures? cultures. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So are you actually going to get any benefit from that? Or is it just kind of a marketing thing? You know, is it just this health halo effect? And, you know, there's obviously not research to show that probiotic granola bars are going to have an effect on your health or overall health. So, again, it's kind of that lack of evidence to actually prove if you're going to see a benefit or not. So another way I think that the health halo effect comes into play is that this specific buzzword, so say probiotics or say low in sugar or whatever it is. I think that it sometimes distracts people, This the benefit of it or the so-called benefit or the perceived benefit distracts people from maybe the not so nutritious aspects of a product. So like just because a granola bar contains probiotics doesn't necessarily mean that it's like the best choice granola bar out there. I'm not saying you have to make the best choice at all times, but like this probiotic chocolate or chocolate, this probiotic granola bar could be coated in chocolate or it could be, you know, quite high in sugar and low in fiber and not necessarily what we typically recommend for a snack. Right? Basically, it, choosing a product, you're saying that benefits from the health halo effect doesn't necessarily mean that you're always making the healthiest choice for you in that moment. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not saying you have to whatever make the that choice, choice is. For yeah, you. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Whatever but it just kind is. of overrides yeah. a lot of the things that you might 
consider when purchasing a product or trying a product, like just because it has that one buzzword or that health halo effect, if that makes sense. Of course. Yeah, Yeah. So here are just a few examples of the health halo effect. So the first one that comes to my mind is like low fat. And I already mentioned it. So if you think about like the 90s, they were a lot of people like would call them like the the low fat 90s. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not really a time that I remember well as I was just a child in the 90s. And so were you. But I remember like low fat bagels, like being a huge thing. Yeah. Low fat bread. Okay. So let me get into this. So to this day, like I, I still hear people say like, well, it's low fat, so it must be healthy. It must be the better option. Mm. And and we talked about this in the BS of the week, actually, in like our in our last episode about, you know, the lower fat, lower calorie option not always being the most nutritious choice. But like if you think about like you said, like low fat bread or like fat free jello or fat free pudding, like still they're still desserts and, and they're still other than being low in fat, which isn't necessarily even nutritional value they're still not offering much nutritional value. They're just lower in fat. So that doesn't make them this like healthy choice. Like, oh, the pudding's low fat. So it means it should be like. You and I have had this conversation kind of off pod. Like there is this like long history of uh, an intersection between uh, science, science policy and uh, food industry in vilifying fat and promoting sugar. Yep. Um, which is like its own episode for sure. For sure. But it, it, it has definitely resulted in what you're saying, like low-fat products benefiting this from This low-fat health halo. Yeah, exactly. So another one is gluten-free. So for a while there, I feel like just about everyone assumed that like if you bought something from the gluten-free aisle of the grocery store, it was a healthier choice. When yeah, in yeah. reality... If a gluten, if it's like just a gluten-free cookie versus another cookie made with like regular all-purpose flour and other, and all the other ingredients are still the same, it's still a cookie and it's no more nutritious or it's not healthier for you because it's gluten-free. But again, I think a lot of people for a little while were under that health halo effect or under that impression. And I also wanted to say, unless you're someone living with celiac disease, then gluten-free isn't necessarily the healthier choice. Someone with celiac disease, you know, eating gluten can cause damage to their, the lining of their small intestine. Yeah, that's like thus, their default. Yeah, right? thus yeah, yeah. they don't absorb nutrients from food and blah, blah, blah. So obviously the gluten-free choice is healthier, is actually healthier for them. But for the general population, no. Another one is organic. And again, I think this could be like another organic versus conventional whole episode um, I, and I saw a meme the other day that was basically like describing the health halo that organic has on the, the effect that it has on everyone. I would love for us to have an episode about that. I took a whole transgenic foods class. We should. Uh, yeah. In undergrad. Yeah. yeah. Same as gluten-free. The term organic doesn't automatically make any and everything healthier. Organic candy is still candy. Organic sugar is still sugar. Like, And eating it in excess, just like conventional sugar we know isn't good for us. So um, like I'm not, you know, we know we don't hate on sugar here, you and I, Tara. No, but absolutely um, not, yeah. Yeah, it's not synonymous. Organic and healthy are not synonymous. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah. And then again, similar to organic, all natural. So for example, like frozen French fries or chicken nuggets could be all natural. They could say that on the label, but if they're, st- yeah. <laughs> if they're still like deep fried or- You could put that on any food. <laughs> right. 
Um, or, you know, if they're still deep fried, they're still French fries or they're still chicken nuggets. And, and like, again, not bashing chicken nuggets or French fries. We like those. Um, uh, they're in my freezer. I've got like a million boxes. Just think about like sodium is natural, but too much of it we know isn't good for us. Sugar is natural, right. but again, too much of it isn't good for us. So just assuming like, oh, this product is all natural. It must be the better choice is not really... Um, something that you can run with. And then the last one that I wanted to share, which is one that drives me a little bit crazy, I won't lie, and we've had, again, a discussion about this on the podcast before, but when people say, like, oh, this this cookie recipe is refined sugar-free, like, <laughs> what does that even mean? It, it means, like, when people say this, they mean no like white sugar or no refined sugar. It means they paid more money for cane sugar from the fancy part of the grocery store. Right, or they paid for coconut sugar or things like that. And like I see Instagram influencers and health and wellness bloggers do this all the time in their recipes. And we talked about this in, let me just say I wrote it down, season two, episode eight. We we talked about, you know, the debate between refined versus versus natural sugars. And ultimately, we know that sugar is sugar whether it's honey or coconut sugar or regular table sugar well they're not healthier they do the exact same thing in the body and the amount of nutrients that might be in coconut sugar or maple syrup or whatever like you would have to eat so much of that to actually reap any benefits that you'd be negating like you'd be eating so much sugar that it would be bad for you right so anyways um that one drives me a little bit crazy you're so, so in your element right now. Oh, thank I'm you. Like, I'm obsessed with oh, I love you. It. Um, <laughs> if you guys do want to hear more about that, yeah, you can listen to season two, episode eight, where we talk about refined versus natural sugars. You can listen to our back catalog. Yeah, absolutely. And then one last thing, anything, <laughs> CEO of one last thing. <laughs> <laughs> anything like added to a food, like, like I said, probiotic chips or collagen being added to just about everything these days. Like, that's another health halo. We don't really have the science to show that you're going to see benefits from this collagen product or this probiotic in the candy or the coffee or the collagen in the whatever. Okay. I'm going to come in hot. Hannah, that was incredible. Thank you so much for that overview. It it really does go to show, um, you know, how many things, just another thing that um, that's that infiltrates our decision-making when we are choosing our foods. There yeah. are so many factors that play into it, whether it's socioeconomics or whether it's culture, but it also could be uh, something like this health halo effect, wherever it may come from, whether it's mm-hmm. from marketing or whether it's from, you know, just like common misconceptions. So uh, when we said we wanted to do the health halo effect, I was kind of thinking like, what do I want to talk about? Um you know, usually I'll, I'll think, oh, I want to do something kind of neuroscience-y. Mm. Um, sometimes I, I think about what I do in my own life. And I thought about a food in my own life that I think benefits from the health halo effect. So I, I focused on nice. coconut oil. Yes, yes, for sure. So I use coconut oil a lot. Um, I mean, in baking and different things. And when I say a lot, I mean, I actually should say infrequently. I, I use coconut oil infrequently, but I definitely keep it in the pantry. Yep, I you know agree. What I mean? Same here. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So... It, coconut oil is marketed as, like Hannah was saying, this kind of all-natural product, right? It's often found in those health food sections at grocery stores. 
rather than among other oils. Mm -hmm. I don't know where you live, but I challenge you to go to your grocery store and see if coconut oil is next to the olive oil and the canola oil. I don't think it will it's be. It's not. That's at least so it's true. not at my grocery stores. I never really stores. thought about that. Yeah, which is another... I, I think that's an intervention of PR and marketing, to be honest, because different companies actually... You know that, about this more than I do, but they pay for which shelves their products get stocked on at stores. Right, right, yeah. Um, of course, that's been documented for so many foods like especially cereals like cereal companies will pay for certain lower shelves so that kids can see certain cereals for example but this happens with other foods as well um so i looked to an expert of course so jennifer abassi is a science writer and I'll, I'll link her information in the show notes of this episode she wrote an amazing article uh and i think she gave really good commentary uh, about coconut oil and its health halo effect and gave us gave me some information that I'd love to share with everybody about some recent clinical trials and a meta-analysis that don't really line up with the purported claims mm. about coconut oil. So all of it really seems to, all of this like health halo effect for coconut oil, if we look deep down to see like why is this the case, uh, it seems to stem from the fact that um, coconut oil is popularized as a healthy fat whatever that means. Uh, it does kind of mean something. I, I, Han, I, Hannah will know about what I'm going to get into. But it's actually, as Hannah knows, because she just sighed, it is a more complicated <laughs> conversation, a drawn out yeah. conversation. What a, what a healthy fat is versus what it's not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I'm sure Hannah, you could give us a way better overview of this, but I'm going to try my best. Stop doing that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you always say, Hannah can talk about this better than me. Hannah knows more about this than me. Sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're not. So like, okay. so you don't need to say that. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> well, basically, there's different kinds of fats in terms of their molecular molecular structure uh, that they have. So some fats are saturated, which means that in their chemical structure, if you remember back to high school chemistry when we were drawing lines between elements, that's like uncovered emotional trauma for me I know. <laughs> like uh, but um, uh, saturated fats their carbon atoms that they have are connected by one bond so you would only draw one line uh, between those carbons there are some fats that are unsaturated which means that they have double bonds so if you remember sometimes you draw two lines between elements uh, between their carbons for unsaturated mm -hmm. fats. So, mm -hmm. and these unsaturated fats are usually liquid at room temperature and they're uh, usually from plant sources. And they generally, it seems like the research shows, might disturb uh, things like blood glucose and lipid levels a little bit less than uh, saturated fats. So that's where unsaturated fats get this um, a reputation that they might be quote-unquote healthier fats so there's um so there's also some fats that um are composed of what's called long chain fatty acids and those are associated with you know those are more associated with disturbing glucose levels and lipid levels in the blood insulin resistance but there's also some fatty acids that are medium chain a little bit shorter and those are reported to have less negative effects possibly maybe even helping with the reduction of lipid levels in some cases which might be helpful for people with you know for example mm -hmm. high cholesterol okay so coconut oil it turns out is primarily composed of a fatty acid called lauric acid and lauric acid makes up about 50 percent of coconut oil 
it is a medium chain fatty acid. So that is why it seems that coconut oil has gotten this reputation that it's healthy all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden, because of the health halo effect, there's purported evidence of coconut oil preventing things like heart disease, high blood pressure, improving immunity, aiding mm -hmm. weight loss. So this is exactly what Hannah was talking about earlier, when it seems like one claim almost blows out of proportion. And just because of one maybe fact about a food, it be, it's thought of as a, over, well, over, a generally overwhelmingly healthy food or yeah. a healthy choice. So there's actually even... An, um, uh, Jennifer Abassi cites this in her article, really good article, I'll say again. Um, there's a New York Times survey in 2016 where 72% of public respondents said that coconut oil is a healthy food. And only, funny, only 37% of nutritionists agreed with that. Wow. But it seems like there's been this marketing of coconut oil. It's used in like fancy recipes by celebrity chefs. So all in all, though, there does seem to be some back and forth in the literature about whether or not coconut oil actually has benefits, like people are saying, of these medium chain fatty acids. And yeah. of course, of these other purported claims that seemingly came out of nowhere. Seems like the experts in the field, though, like these nutritionists that were cited in that survey, generally had a consensus that coconut oil actually raises um, uh, certain fatty acid levels in the blood, low-density lipoprotein cholesterol levels, specifically LDLC, in other words. Uh, this can lead to things like uh, atherosclerosis, cardiovascular events, basically blockages of the circulatory system by plaques uh, that can lead to things like a heart attack. Yeah. So actually using too much coconut oil, especially if you're somebody who needs to watch their blood lipids or cholesterol for whatever reason, would actually be harmful if it's being used all the time. And I want to reiterate, it seems dangerous to use it in excess, like we always talk about, uh, not necessarily with infrequent use. Mm -hmm. So, But that's the thing is like, any that's like anything. Exactly. Right? But this like, is the problem is some people are subbing out their fats All that they use in cooking yeah. because they say this they is a healthy. healthy choice. Yeah. Exactly. So what happened recently? Well, there's this new meta-analysis, you know, this year uh, that I'll link in the description uh, that looked at 17 clinical trials that used coconut oil compared to other fats. Uh, There's a whole whack of people, over 700 people in all these um, clinical trials on different dietary interventions that lasted at least two weeks long. And it seems like they've confirmed this idea that coconut oil does, in fact, like people, like scientists and nutritionists, dietitians have known for a long time, really, that coconut oil does increase LDLC or low density lipoprotein cholesterol in the blood by about 10% yeah. above the normal levels, actually. Wow. It also, interestingly, and we'll get back to this in a little bit, increases HDLC, high-density lipoprotein cholesterol, by about 5% above normal levels. So let that sink in for a little Hannah will understand why this is kind of interesting. Let that sink in for a little bit, and I'll come back to it. So it seemed like there was no surprise to anybody, hopefully, by the at this point in the episode, but there was no significant effect on things like, you know, fasting sugar levels, inflammation, or body fat as compared to other oils. And mm -hmm. these various studies looked at things like soybean oil, olive oil, canola oil. The increase in low-density lipoprotein uh, cholesterol noted was, uh, you know, as 
you might guess, was cited as possibly increasing the risk of vascular events, like a heart attack, for example, by about 6% in the population. So if you're listening carefully and you caught that I said HDLC also increased by about 5%, you might be curious about that. HDLCs, as opposed to LDLCs, are commonly thought to lower coronary heart disease risk. So this other fat that has a, quote, good reputation uh, as being a, quote, good fat but it seems like another recent meta-analysis that's also cited in this great um, uh, critique by Abassi, um, it, it, HDLC doesn't actually seem to do this at a group level, even in people with uh, genetic predispositions to have more HDLC. They didn't have any lower heart attack risk. So it's kind of like more myth-busting around what these good fats actually are. So remember also that lauric acid is a medium chain fatty acid. Yeah. Um, and w there was this reputation that these foods, uh, these fatty acids are supposed to be healthy, possibly reducing lipid levels, but that's not what we're seeing. Well, it seems like lauric acid doesn't actually get metabolized like most medium chain fatty acids, even though it is one. Um, uh, and there's evidence that it's actually handled by the body more like a long chain saturated fatty acid. Again, maybe explaining why these meta, this meta-analysis saw an increase in cholesterol levels. So when I was looking up cholesterol, uh, coconut oil, sorry, I was also kind of interested on in what people are thinking about its effect on the brain. Because I, I, oh, I'm yeah. generally interested in that, obviously. Yeah. And I found a few papers, actually, that cited coconut oil might be an avenue for preventing you guessed it, big hot item in neuroscience, Alzheimer's disease. So interestingly, neither paper, there was two papers about this, neither paper actually published any direct evidence from any, even any animal models about this, but rather they were just citing evidence from like unrelated studies, looking at molecular pathways, um, and then they drew a link to Alzheimer's disease prevention from that. Hmm. Even more interestingly, I think, I mean, I, I'm not going to say... Um, it's totally uh, debunks everything they said, although I don't really buy into this hypothesis yet, um, is that one of those studies was funded by Nestle. And last year, Nestle purchased 41,000 tons of coconut oil for their products. So they kind of have this, like, want to get maybe this foot in the door of trying to create more health halo effect around foods like uh, coconut oil. That's just my opinion. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the uh, initial intent, but seems interesting to me. They do seem to have a vested interest in coconut oil. So this all, of course, hinges on them making arguments about lauric acid being a uh, medium chain fatty acid and coconut oil producing a lot of its effects um, because of that healthy uh, byproduct of what it's supposed to be a good fat for the brain, which we've already said basically have debunked because it doesn't act like a medium chain fatty acid as far as recent evidence shows us. Uh, Abassi then also talks about how coconut oil has been cited as healthy because of its use like in indigenous populations diets from tropical locations around the world where coconuts are native. But researchers have kind of pointed out that these populations eating patterns are not comparable to Western diets at all. Right. So you can't really make that comparison. Um, yeah, and basically what I want to get at here is like, it, it's all about balance. It's all, you know, age old balance. So coconut oil as a one for one substitute for something like canola oil, for example, might not be a great idea, especially if you're somebody who needs to watch their cholesterol levels. Um, 
But in recipes here and there and in snacks, why not? It, I, I love enjoying it for its flavor. Uh, I also, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this recipe, uh, a three ingredient biscuit recipe that uses coconut oil uh, that I'll link in the description uh, that I make all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. So that was my little coconut oil rant. That was very interesting. Health Halo rant. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Like, we just shouldn't. How do I want to say this? Yeah, like, I, I do agree that coconut oil has gotten this major health halo around it in the last, I don't know, what would you say, five or ten years? And Yeah, I'd say so. And, like, I'm not, we're not saying, yeah, like, it's necessarily bad, but, like, just, like, butter, which, like, we know, you know, we know is a saturated fat and contributes to, you know, higher LDL cholesterol and and similar things you just should eat it in moderation like just like you know treat it like the way we treat butter you know some people use coconut oil as a substitute but for butter in like vegan recipes and that's fine but Mm -hmm. just like go into that knowing that like it's not a health food it's not a like you know you're not going to reap all these benefits from it like brain benefits and things like that like people claim that was a that was a really big one to talk about a big health halo so i'm glad that you addressed that yeah thank you i thought that was really interesting i definitely learned a lot uh, of new stuff looking into that yeah i just wanted to say before we head into what's been tasty this week um i hope this episode has i don't know made you listeners more aware of like the effect that certain terms or buzzwords or products um and labels can have on us when we're making food choices. And I don't know, maybe this episode was like eye-opening for some people. Um, mm. I think it would be. And and again, like not like you should, not that you should choose foods um, with or without these like buzzword terms on them, but maybe just consider that there should be more that goes into choosing a food. And you kind of touched on this, Tarek. Um, than whether or not it's like just gluten free or or whether or not it's refined sugar free or whatever like has this type yeah. of sugar in it um, or the fact that it has added protein to it like think about do you like this food like do you enjoy this exactly. food can you afford this food like is it you know ridiculously expensive and and really not worth spending the extra five dollars on it because it's got an all natural label on it or whatever or organic um what does the nutrition facts table look like you know like is it what you're looking for nutrition wise um will it be something that's nourishing for you um what other ingredients are in there like you know try to make more well-rounded decisions rather than having like tunnel vision when you see yeah, right. like, that this has this added to it or this, you know, this has collagen in it or this has um, probiotics in it or this is um, all natural, whatever. Like, you know, you have to consider more than that. And totally. I think that's a lot of times where the, the marketing and PR gets to us is when we see like the yeah. one word and we think it's healthy and then we're like, oh, this must be a better choice. And it's definitely a journey. And you know what? Just by listening to this episode, you have uh, continued your journey on the path of gentle nutrition. If it's something that you struggle with, like you learned a little bit today, you know, about thinking about why are you making a certain food choice? 
Uh, are you doing it for you or are you doing it because you think you should be doing it? Right. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a great episode. I really enjoyed talking about that and listening to um, what you had to say, Tarek. Um, now, let me ask you, what's okay. been tasty for you this week? Oh, my God. That's so weird. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, you know, what's been tasty for me this week is something very nostalgic. I love nostalgia. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's good to have a throwback. I have been eating cereal with milk like it is my job. I love it. And it's something that I haven't done in a long time. Like a bowl of cereal with milk in years. So good. Years, years, years. What? Yeah. Oh, do you do it regularly? Oh, yeah. I thought everyone kind of just like grows out of it. No, oh, no, not me. <laughs> okay, I did. No one told me we were still eating cereal. I would have been eating it this whole time. Oh, I'm so still just eating cereal. This past week, I started eating cereal with milk, and I'm like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I love that. So that's I really my love tasty. That. I'm, I'm. It obsessed. is cereal is nostalgic. It really makes you think back to like childhood eating your cereal before school. I guess not if you've been doing it this whole time. Now I feel well, like no, it still does give you me. like an air of nostalgia. <laughs> but I still I eat cereal. I don't know. Maybe not like once a week, but like every couple of weeks I'll have a bowl. Like we keep cereal in the pantry, and I'll have cereal wow. with milk. Like. If I'm feeling it. Oh my it. gosh. Yeah. Okay. Chopped up banana on it. Mm. I'm late to the game. Yes, chopped up banana. I have this uh, I have this incredible memory as a child of taking the train um, to Truro, to Victoria Park. Oh. And I had breakfast on the train and they gave me a Spider-Man coloring book and a little thing of crayons. And they brought me cereal and they said, would you like a banana with it? And I said... Uh-huh. And I was like, I think I was like 10 years old or something. And I got my life. I love that. That's so cute. And I said, uh-huh. <laughs> um, I love that. Well, I have to ask you, what's been tasty for you? But I talked about it on my Instagram story this morning. I don't know if you saw that. But oh. I have been watching the Down to Earth docuseries on Netflix. I don't know if you saw it, but it's like Zac no. Efron's like docuseries where he like, he's I... like can't watch him because it's like too painful why because i'm because he's too beautiful <laughs> yeah okay okay i didn't know if you were gonna say that he's you, he's like you're not interested in him or yeah he's beautiful um so it, it, that doesn't that doesn't hurt um but he has this docuseries that he's so he's traveling around the world to like different countries and different cities oh, this is and, like real he's not oh, an actor yeah no Oh, I can't. Um. I hate that because then I like have to like fall in love with his personality too. Like, that. I, I, I'm I, okay. Keep going. I guess. Like, I'm just gonna <laughs> think to myself. Go um, and they're they're basically like exploring different countries and, and certain practices or cultures that they have in place around mm-hmm. like sustainability and food and um, yeah. just ways to yeah like make the earth a more sustainable place or put sustainable yeah Mm. (laughs) um so one episode it wasn't necessarily about sustainability this episode but oh yeah so first i have to tell you that he does all of this with his partner or not his partner but like the partner of his in this docuseries is this man named fuck what's his name 
Darren Olean. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but they introduce no. him in the docuseries as a quote-unquote guru of healthy living and superfoods. So, like, I okay. know. I know. So I was like, okay, big red flag. This what did you bullshit. say, Darren Olean? Yeah, so I looked him up quickly this morning, and he's actually, like, the formulator of Shakeology. So, again, we, we haven't talked about Shakeology here, but a bit of BS. So I was skeptical because it had him in it, and I was like, okay, what the frick is a guru? Um, and there are some, like, there's this one questionable episode, but I won't talk about that. Anyways, they do this one episode where they go to Sardinia in Italy. I don't know if you've ever heard of Sardinia, but... I have, yeah. Do you, have you heard of it because it's a blue zone? Like olive oil is really good there or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's oh, is it one of those, like, people live really long? Yes. So people con- live really long. I'm the yes. smartest person on earth. So I, that's not a <laughs> sentence. People live okay, really long. I'll tell you. Um, it's considered a blue zone because it's a one of the places in the world where they have the most centenarians or people who have lived to a hundred or older. And they go to this place and they talk to researchers who are like studying why sardinia has so many centenarians or you know why people experience so much longevity in this place and they just they talk a lot about obviously their diets and their lifestyles and what the people in sardinia do i actually like i really am interested to look into see if there's anything actually published on centenarians and um, there's a lot i think yeah okay so i really should talk about it we should talk about it um but basically they it was really like balanced episode like they just really promoted balance in that episode and like how these centenarians like you know they follow up they they really are like normal eaters and they follow just like a it it did remind me of almost like the mediterranean diet like they yeah you know they eat grains and they eat well they're on the mediterranean right yeah they eat grains and they eat protein but not um you know, excess amounts of protein or like obsessive like we are in, in North America about high protein diets and low carb diets. And they, um, what else do they do? They're just like generally active in their daily life. And like, they just, they drink wine in moderation again, like nothing super excessive, but just like in moderation for enjoyment. And they're very low stress. Like their lifestyle is just, um, I don't know, it's not high in stress like it is, again, in North America. Mm -hmm. And so I just, like, felt really good watching that episode. And not to say that, like, these people live that long exactly for those reasons, but it was just nice to see, like, a docuseries like this that, to me, had this, like, one of the main people, and it was, like, this guru of superfoods. And I was like, oh, my God, what bullshit is going to come from this documentary? But it really, I haven't really seen anything too crazy yet. And it seems to so far be just, like, promoting general healthy eating and, like, um, sustainability. And anyways, yeah, so that episode just, I loved it. I think and that's really good. I, I It is interesting because, like, it's nice that this person, Darren Olean, is, like, giving what seems to be, like, balanced Yeah, he's uh, not really advice giving advice in the... Um, docuseries. He's just kind of okay. there, like, and he might make a comment here and there about, like, 
something being good for you or something like that but nothing's really been too far off and at the end of the um, day for me though even though like maybe the overall message is good like it still gives somebody a platform that like might be like if dr oz for example was on this yeah docuseries, no, I and the docuseries yeah. is really good to be like but he's still there you know what i mean yeah no i agree and that's every episode i just like go into it like what's gonna happen next like what's he gonna say but anyways, I also, just thought... I just realized this docuseries is where the Zac Efron, like, quote, dad bod picture yeah, came know. from, which I saw that. I was like, that? Are you kidding me? Like, he's 5% body fat. I know, like, he, I know. He's... These people are ridiculous. I don't think anyone who's saying he has a dad... People who say he, have a, he has a dad bod are, like, currently 14. Like, yeah. <laughs> they don't know what a, da- a real like dad looks like. There was like a vulture anyways. article written about it or something. Like an adult oh. person wrote a. Oh, yeah. That's anyway. Um, anyway, I did see something funny. This will be the last thing I say. Um, <laughs> it was, I think it was a, it was a meme or something, and it was like Zac Efron has done a great job at catering to my type over the years, and it was like. It was like it, show, it showed a picture. Of oh, him. like emo swoop. Yeah. Know, yeah. So it showed a picture of him from High School Musical, and it was like my type at sixteen. And then it showed a picture of him from the documentary, and it was like my type at twenty six. <laughs> That's so really funny. funny. Anyways, wow. um, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. I just that, that specific episode I really like. The documentary as a whole, I haven't like I don't have any like amazing reviews to give it, but just that episode, I felt. It was nice to watch. Oh, and one thing, frig, one last thing. Um, Zach had this. Like, I love revel- it. Keep he it had this like revelation in the episode where he was like eating pasta, and he was like, "Wow!" He was like, "I haven't eaten a carb," and or he was like, "When I," he was like, "These are carbs," and he was like, "And these are good for you," and like everyone around the table was like, "Yeah," and then he was like, "Oh, for the longest time, like I didn't. I just like wouldn't eat carbs," and he was like. When I did Baywatch, like, I didn't eat a carb for, like, six months. And he was just, like, having this, like, revelation about how delicious and, like, good for you carbs are. And I was like, yes! Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, good for him. That's really yeah. interesting. And it's good that the message is overall good because I'm sure a lot of people are tuning in. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, exactly. I, you know, with Zac Efron, the celebrity, I'm sure there's lots of people tuning in wanting to see what it's all about and and i'm just happy to see that so far the messaging hasn't been very like outlandish or anything that's super you know pseudoscience or misleading so yeah yeah that's wonderful i love that yeah thank you for sharing thank you thank you so much for listening make sure you leave us a rating and a review follow our social media if you want to be cool like andrea please leave a rating and review yeah and if you're looking for a laugh, I will leave the link to the Amazon <laughs> reviews of the Haribo sugar-free gummies in the description below so you can read them all and laugh. Wonderful. All right. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.